Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are thankful for patrons, and one way we do that is with commissioned episodes. We are discussing the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. By the future, we mean about 20 years in the future. All that and more right after this ad, we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, this is going to be an interesting commission today. You this know? is an interesting concept. Yes. So Elizabeth Hohen has written in, uh, and, and she wants, yeah, go ahead and read her commission for us. Elizabeth Hohen says, I would love to have an episode over the future of Marvel. By that, I mean like in 20 years from now. This always makes me nervous to think about because it's practically perfect at the moment. But I would love to hear your thoughts about who the future heroes will be and everything. Thank you guys so much. I've been listening for about two years now, but haven't written in. But I figured no better time than the present. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. Um, I am super interested to try to think about this. I, I, like, I, it was daunting. She said so she wrote that in a few months ago, and I was like, "That's da- that's just a daunting idea. Like, how do we yeah. come up with?" So, you know, we, we tried mm. we tried our best. Came up with a few <laughs> concepts of like what might be going on. It's hard to know exactly like. Well, and we'll talk. We'll talk about it in depth because it's kind of impossible to know a lot of it. You know. Yeah. I mean, we we make predictions based on what we what we see happening. What um, you know, what stories make the, the the most logical sense. You know, and and see what as far as casting goes. Like we we make predictions, but it's usually kind of short term stuff. <laughs> like yeah, the most the most I've done is like over the next few years we'll see these sorts of things happening and we'll get to siege and like. I keep wanting it to be siege. I don't think it's going to be siege now. But, yeah. Um, or, you know, we talked last week about like, who's the next Thanos, things like that. Like, but that's, yeah. that's even that that's, that's but talking like, 10 years is, in the future. This is double that. Yeah. This is 20 this years. This is in the dialing future. that to 11. Yeah. So let's, let's, uh, we, we each came up with a few concepts that we can sort of like bounce around about the next 20, like what it will look like in 20 years. And they're more, they're more, uh, I guess conceptual like things that they could do instead of exact characters. Cause that, that's part of the problem is there, there's no way of knowing. And I guess I'll go with that first. I think like one of the things that they've done, so they, they've, they've come out with, um, they, they, they used up, they have been using up their heavy hitters. The Avengers are a big deal in Marvel comics, you know, uh, and they're getting to around to the Illuminati and a lot of their bigger characters with the exception of the Fox stuff, they've kind of used up a lot of their bigger names. So yeah. like, I think X-Men and Fantastic Four will happen soon, but in 10 years, like who will be around? And my answer to that is we probably don't even know who they are yet, because if you think about it, they're doing Kamala Khan on, on this Miss Marvel TV show coming up. Right. Mm-hmm. They're really they're really pushing Kamala Khan because she's a popular comic book character. She right. debuted in comics in 2013. That's really recent. Yeah. That's only seven years ago. Yeah. So think about that. In 20 years, we're talking 2040. And, right. You know, honestly, like the MCU had started before Kamala Khan was even a con- uh, concept. Exactly. Which leads me to say, like, I think that the characters will be dealing with the actual characters. Some, some will, we'll still have some classic Marvel comics left to explore and we'll still be using versions of the characters that are in there now, I bet. But like, Mm -hmm. we, 
I think the main thrust of what will be going on in Marvel movies at that point will be characters that we don't even know yet because they they will be comics that don't even exist right now. (laughs) And that's crazy to think about because it's like what what comics are people going to love, you know, Uh, and and, and I even think about like a lot of this is based on what happens in comics. It, It always has been. But like. I don't even know, man. Like it could be based on, I think about sometimes, you know, um, Montoya on the Batman, the animated series, right? Uh, Montoya and Harley Quinn, for instance, they were both invented for the Batman, the animated series. Those two characters, they weren't in comics. And now, and now they're beloved characters. Yeah. And we're seeing some of that with the shield, uh, creating, uh, the uh, Fitzsimmons and they've been in some comics now, like, uh, they're doing yeah. some crossover stuff like that. And it makes me wonder like what, cause kids, kids, some kids read comics, but not nearly as many uh, as used to. It's honestly a lot more adults now. So like what yeah. are kids that are growing well, up now going to find fascinating enough that they decide to make stories about them in the future? You know, like 20 years from now, I, I just don't know. I, I guess my main thrust here is we don't even know the characters that will be coming in in 20 years don't exist yet, at least some of them. And I think that's super fascinating. Yeah. Well, I I think that a lot of times, um, you know, the, the stories that, that the old comic book nerds want to tell are a bit too dated Mm. to, to really be relatable to the younger audiences. So they're going to have to pull from the newer and newer comics uh, just to get stories that, you know, that the younger generations are going to, to want to deal with or, or even hear about. Right. Well, it's um, not only the younger generations. It's also like, like our generation who might've read those comics when we were kids. Like we're looking for different things from our media now because right. media has become a lot more about, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like a lot of those older comics are like big bad guy fight big bad guy, and nowadays it's a lot more about these inner the inner life of the characters, and yeah, so they're going to try to pull from books that have a lot of that, and there we have a lot of that in comics now, and and they're they're going to pull. We got Moon Knight coming, you know, like it's going to oh, be man. really interesting, but like. 20 years from now, they're just going to be pulling from a whole 20 more years worth of comics. So if you want to know like what's going to be happening in MCU, like I think reading whatever the new hot comics are now that are being successful. What's that new hotness? Yeah. What's the new hotness? And I think that's, that's one of the best places to look. You know, that is, um, I think that kind of leads me into, to, uh, one of mine is that there's a, uh, a recent, a recent thing that that happened in comics, I think it was in 2018, is when we got to see uh, this character called Old King Thor, mm. and he was, uh, and there was a, there was one point where he also got like fused with the Phoenix Force, so it was like Old King, or no, it was like Phoenix King Thor or something like Old King what? Phoenix Thor. Yeah, it was nuts. He was the most powerful being like that comics have ever shown. Like it's crazy. It maybe not the most powerful. Maybe not at the level of Beyonder. Anyway, so that like that's a thing that is a a future version of Thor, right? Where he's super old, but he's also got all these crazy powers, and that kind of thing couldn't have happened in the MCU because the Phoenix Force was tied to the X Men, which was at Fox. But now Disney owns the rights 
to the X-Men so that sort of thing could happen. Yeah. But you know what would be even cooler than that is if it was actually an older Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, man. Absolutely. In 20 years, he's going to be a bit older, right? So he might have nice gray beard to play that old King Thor. And that, you know, that kind of bundles in other actors can come back. We might see uh, a, an older Chris Evans playing, you know, old man Cap, old Steve Rogers. It'd be super funny. You just have to get frozen again. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, maybe the, the super soldier serum just makes him it, like he ages slower, maybe. Yeah, but maybe it, he's been it, maybe it, he went in that little time travel adventure. Maybe he's gone like 200 years. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So he's still got like a good 20, 30 years on himself, right? <laughs> he's going to last a while. <laughs> like a fine wine. Like a fine American ass wine. Um, yep. The, the, the other thing, the other option there is clearly he could be another cap from another universe, especially with all this universe hopping they're doing. Yes. So you could bring in Chris Evans, but also like Mark Ruffalo. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and anyone that's been introduced recently, you could absolutely see like an aged Stephen Strange, you know? Um, oh man, man, that would Benedict, be so cool. Like a, like a 60 year old Benedict Cumberbatch coming back as Sorcerer Supreme, or, you know, maybe he's been sort of in the Illuminati. Maybe he sort of recedes into the background. You don't see him for a while, or maybe he just keeps being in him. I don't know. Um, but even like <laughs> Tom, think about Tom Holland. Oh man, like getting to grow up with Tom Holland and see like him become that Peter B. Parker from Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah, or or the other one. Or the other one, the more successful one. <laughs> more successful one. I feel like maybe he'd be the more successful one, but yeah. Like maybe. He could absolutely be uh you know, an older uh been through a lot Spider-Man, and I would love to see that. Oh, that would be so good. Yeah, oh, man. that would be so good. Like, I'm, I'm super excited to see that now. And I, you know, as much as I'm, I'm fairly certain that some writers and or producers at Marvel constantly listen to us because we've called a lot of things, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I want them to listen to this episode so much and be like, get those contracts signed now. Yeah, right. If I if I'm still alive, I'll come back in 20 years. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is the interesting thing. It's like these actors they sign these contracts for seven, eight movies, which with Marvel like that does like whatever six or seven years practically. Um, but then it's it, what what happens after that? What happens when they renegotiate or or you know they even leave for a while and then they they're out there in the world and realize they're not. You know, they're, they're not doing as big of movies as MCU and want to come back or or just want to come back and pay homage to the character that they played for 10 years, you know? Right. The, right. the character that made them who they are, or like made them the kind of uh, popular that they are. So right. I, I could absolutely, you know, I think of I think of other things like Doctor Who and Star Trek that have lasted as long as these things or star Wars more recently. Um, you know, you've got, uh, Luke's Luke Skywalker coming back played by Mark Hamill, you know, and that's mm-hmm. one of the coolest things. Um, yeah, I love, I, I love this idea. Yeah. Yeah. That, that you, you bring up a great point there in that, you know, you've got the original trifecta of, you know, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, uh, Carrie Fisher that, that came back and reprised their roles as older versions of themselves like that very well could happen in the MCU. And I would freaking love that. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, think, think about like for real 60 year old version of 
you know, Iron Man comes back somehow. Like they, they do some sort of Tony Stark alternate universe. Yeah. Alternate universe. Tony Stark and cap come into the, come into the story because in their universe, they never died for whatever reason. And they, and they're doing something different, right? Like, and, but they're yep. like 60 year old men. They're coming over to our universe for some reason, but then they team up with like, Thor and Hulk again, and uh, you know maybe <laughs> yeah. they bring Black Widow with them, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Like getting to see the that the team ride again as old older folks would be like super fun. You know, I I think it would be so funny to see Tony Stark come in from a different verse and be like, wait. Why would I do that? Like, why would I? That's the worst way to have done that. Yeah, in my universe, I just did this and to kill Thanos. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, in my universe, I, I built I built that glove to last. You know, it didn't, yeah, it didn't yep. kill me. Why? I, it didn't I, kill me. I wouldn't lay it on the wire. I just cut the wire. What's this problem? <laughs> right? Or like he really uh, lost his way. <laughs> <laughs> Or like the the Tony and Cap from the alternate verse, like why were they fighting? They we've never fought like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, we've literally always agreed on everything. <laughs> and like they look at each other, they're like, I, I don't get it. Civil we're, war. We are best friends. <laughs> What's Sokovia? Um, <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, that the, oh, the, all this talk about um, you know. Uh, the the trio in Star Wars and everything brings up another one. I think that technological advancement we cannot predict. It's another like another one of these things that we just cannot predict what technological advancement will do uh, to the to the universe. Like we just don't know. And yeah. I, I think that I mean, you know, twenty years ago or something, fifteen years ago maybe they made that movie Final Fantasy. You remember that Final Fantasy movie they made that was all CGI characters. Oh, the spirits within. Yeah, from 2001. yeah, yeah. They, they, they made that out to be like it was. It was going to be like this is what movies are now. You remember that? Yep. James Wood's best work. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's like clearly that's not the case yet. But like the tech technological advancements getting crazy, and I think that the idea of making uh, some of these movies with CGI characters, like uh, almost all CGI, is absolutely possible. Especially the ones that are still alive. I think what they did in Star Wars, people have problems with it. Um, I, th I think that if the person's wishes are respected, I don't really have a problem with them bringing someone back from the grave. You know what I mean? Right, right. I, I don't really have that problem with that. But like, uh, I know that, you know, some people do. Some people find it weird or uh, yeah. inappropriate. But like, I could absolutely see like the future of MCU having those types of movies. You know, it's just that that's definitely possible. And even, and these days with the way, um, you know, we're getting all this AI and deep fake type stuff. Like you can easily fake voices and, and oh, yeah. all of this stuff. So like, we're always going to want there to be a performer at the core of these things. Cause I think that's important. Uh, but like, you you could see these movies. I mean, they already are. They're already drifting. Like yeah, more and yeah. more huge scenes of these movies are all special effects at this point. Yeah, if you look at the behind the scenes of like most of Avengers: Infinity War or uh, Avengers: Endgame, like they're just standing on a green stage. Yeah, <laughs> entirely all of the whole thing is just. 
completely green screen and visual effects artists. And often their suits are green too. It's just their faces that are the only thing. It's like the only yeah. thing we need anymore to make a movie is someone's actual face. And in 20 years, I don't think that's the case. I think that they will be able to realistically reproduce these things in a way that like, uh, you know, I've often, I've, I've often thought about this, that like, what if you just get to the point where you are creating the actor? You know what I mean? Like there's not even an actor underlying the role. Like they are so vision, like vision. Like, yeah. Like they create, you create vision, but like, uh, you create like you layer a few voices together. Yeah. Like amalgam, a couple of faces, a couple of uh, ways, ways of performance and stuff. And like you, you yeah. make the perfect, you know, whatever combination of like, I don't know, whatever, Brad Pitt and Denzel Washington, like, like these like interesting <laughs> combinations of like affects and stuff that you could do. And you could like make combinations of great actors and like put them, put them on screen as like a new actor, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see what technology technology could do. I don't know that we'll get there. Cause I think there's a certain amount of pushback on that idea, but like, I just don't know. 20 years is a long time. And we've yeah. like, we've come so far with it. I could absolutely see them announcing like I don't think they do it when the when the movie was about to come out. I think they do it afterwards. But like the idea that this movie has no frames of actual footage. Like, can you imagine them announcing that and just being like, <laughs> "There's just no footage. There's no footage in this movie. It's all Dude, like you and you didn't even know." Like you, the you, casting you announcement would be so just bleak it'd be like uh wait you mean nobody stars in this movie there's no casting announcements going into it that that would the hype train where's the hype train where's for the that hype train gonna come from no, and that's the thing i think there will still need to be performers underlying these roles most of the time uh but i do think that, like you know max headroom <laughs> like the 80s like <laughs> max headroom right uh like yeah. what if what if we cr- start creating actors like that where it was like you know maybe there are real ca- actors in the movie but there's like an actor that is well beloved that doesn't exist <laughs> anyway this is this is all like weird dream sci-fi stuff but like yeah yeah i could see it in 20 years with the technological advancements that you're you're talking about my my first thought is like well, obviously movies are going to be like, you know how Avatar pushed the, the, the envelope real hard with 3D and like kind of redefined what an immersive movie could be. Like obviously Oculus is the next step, right? We're oh, going to yeah, watch man. movies in 3D from inside the movie. Yes, absolutely. And and they even they've released very small versions of that with like I think it was Avengers Age of Ultron and probably other versions have released um fully immersive VR experiences where you could watch certain scenes from that scene where Ultron emerges and he sends all those bots out. Uh, he emerges the, the I've got no string scene and, and, oh, yeah. and, and all the, all the bots there's, there's a VR experience you can find that you're in the middle of that scene and you can look around everywhere as like the bot and you can see every hero fighting Ultron in their own way, like all around you. It's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. You should definitely check that, that out. That leaves you kind of powerless, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and and that's an interesting point. Like I, I think we're we are going to move as a society more toward video games, just because we like to interact with things. But like we also like to sit back and watch things. So I, I don't know. I, I, I video games are tricky. You can't really incorporate interactive experiences with movies exactly because then you're changing what happened. You know? Yeah, yeah. You don't want the the user to necessarily define your outcome. 
Yeah. Although, I mean, there, there's experiments with that, but I, I feel like the MCU won't. Well, I don't know. We're, we're, t- we're playing with multiverses here. Like, I guess, <laughs> I guess I could see a Doctor Strange multiverse game that happens in the MCU and you just get to like, Oh man, define you, your own multiverse. you accidentally bring it down the dark path. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. You know, I would, oh, man. you know, I would, <laughs> you know, I would screw up every decision. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be really cool though, to have, um, you know, like the, your, your choices define which universe you end up with and how, whether or not it, it, it turns out good. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've been doing this since choose your own adventure, man. Yeah, man, that would be so good. Yeah, but like at least with with choose your own adventure, like with it being novels or whatever, you could there. There's still a, a a predefined set of outcomes. You know, there's the it's the illusion of choice. You're still going to oh, end yeah. up with the story that they wrote. Um, but like if you if you made a game entirely out of AI that simply adapts the story or adapts you know within parameters. To, uh, based on what the the input from the user is like you could land anywhere yeah if you had if you had smart enough ai and you know like we're talking about with these fake actors if they're like if the computer is fully generating those like actual cut scenes where like you know they they have a ai paul bettany who's actually speaking as vision or whatever and he's like showing up and fully acting out a scene that Paul Bettany had never even heard, but it's actually the AI interacting like, yeah, oh, man. that could be really interesting. That could be real rad. Uh, well, um, speaking of crossovers, I, I, I kind of want to, uh, I want to segue that a little bit into my next one. Um, so you, if you remember on the, on the, the Mount Rushmore question, mm-hmm. at, like my pillars of the films were the ones where Things happened like everybody came together to, yeah. to do the thing. Expanding like, the the what an Avengers movie is, or like what an MCU is. Right. right. So in two thousand three, uh, from September two thousand three to March two thousand four, there was a comic line called JLA Avengers. Uh, for the first and third issues, second and fourth were Avengers JLA, but it was a crossover uh, of universes from Marvel and DC. It was the teams battling each other and then coming together. Uh, they were pitted against each other by these, uh, these universe entities, you know, like, uh, I think the grandmaster picked, uh, the Marvel team to fight against whoever. Um, and the, the ultimate goal of the bad guy, quote unquote, was to collide two universes together, destroy them and birth a new universe so that he could understand how universes are created. Um, and, that sort of like multi multi company like gigantic crossover is something that may be able to happen in the next 20 years or so mostly because you know we saw what happened when Sony and Marvel got together they made at least two now really great movies that have made a ton of money and i'm pretty sure that fox uh being bought by disney is going to be a bunch of money uh for you know, X-Men properties and yeah. DC is doing a better and better job with, uh, with the DCEU. Like, I think that the companies could come together for one or two, you know, a quick run on those two teams coming together. Yeah. Just like in the comics. Yeah. Especially since both are now playing with the multiverse and we're talking 20 years, like 
one of the ways that these movies, the, the lesson they're learning is that the more, the more toys you get to play with and the more toys exist together, the more thing, the more people want to come see it. You know, those, the people who love, absolutely love Batman would be there even if they didn't care about the Avengers, you know? Um, and I, yeah, I, I see a company eventually trying it. I feel like it's a little bit of a Pandora's box. Like, I, I mean, even with Spider-Man, you know, we, they made these great Spider-Man movies, but now we're going to have Venom, Morbius and all these other movies that like aren't being creatively controlled by Marvel. So it's like, do we like that? I, you know, I, I love that Spider-Man Far From Home and Spider-Man Homecoming exists, and I'm so excited for Spider-Man 3, but, like, what does it mean to allow them into your universe? Like, are you opening the door to something you don't want? Like, it, it really it could be a Pandora's box, but I do think that someone will try it. Someone will yeah. try it. Yeah. One day. I, well, at the, end of, at the end of that comics run, because uh, it was, like, four big issues, right? Uh, at the end of that comics run, the Spectre who uh, I think was Hal Jordan Spectre showed up and pushed the two universes apart, like physically separated the two universes. And like, that was the way that they showed like, okay, somebody, somebody saved us from the two universes overlapping. And it was Spectre just like shoving them apart. Like, no, you can't clash anymore. So like, I guess they, they couldn't visit each other anymore because he, he, parted them or whatever. Yeah. So like that would be the, the, the representation of like, after we're done with this, that's it. We're separating. Right. Them again. Right. Yeah. I, I think someone will try it. I don't, I, you know, I don't know if it'll be in the MCU. I don't know if the MCU will do it, but I like, I would be down like, I, you know, eventually, <laughs> I eventually, don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I would. That's the other thing you mentioned the DCEU and like, I see the MCU going far. I do. I see it. I see it being 20 years from now and them still making movies that are connected to Avengers and right. Iron Man. But like, I don't know what the ECU, they're already trying other things with Joker and the Batman that are like not connected. And I wonder, yeah. I wonder if you think the wheels are coming off a little no, bit. No, 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 I don't even, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't characterize it that way. Cause I think they, the DCEU, is getting better. Like, I think it's, it's gotten some really solid movies under its belt these last few years. Um, and, and even looking back, you know, we, we're, we're covering it on Binger's Assemble right now. Um, we just did wonder woman or we, we did a BVS last week and we're, we're dropping wonder woman in a couple days and uh Binger's Assemble, everybody go subscribe. Um, but, uh, I think those movies are not nearly as bad, especially the, uh, we watched BVS and we watched the ultimate edition and like, it's way better than the, than the other, than the main edition. I really feel that way after finally giving it a chance. Um, they just did a much better job explaining who the characters were. I felt like, uh, they really did some save the cat things with Batman that made me actually care for him as a character that they, they just cut out. Um, and like, I found myself really liking BVS and I always liked man of steel. Okay. I always thought I had some issues with it, but I always liked it. So like the DCEU is not bad, but my point is if the Batman comes out, let's say Matt Reeves, the Batman and it is freaking awesome and everyone absolutely loves it. And then a couple movies later, they start bringing that Batman into something else and they start building another universe out of that Batman and a new Superman. And like they start doing this sort of multiverse thing where they've got multiple universes happening then 
I could absolutely see them sort of like letting the DCEU slide as they slide into another form of the DC universe, you know, or something like that, you know, or, or, or this flash movie does something like you're talking about where combining universes where a lot of these things get like pushed together, which they've been talking about for a while. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. And the crisis. Yeah. Well, and the flash movie is supposed to feature Michael Keaton, you know, (laughs) bring back Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah. Full time. Just, just replace Batfleck and, uh, whatever that other guy's name is Fleck. Uh, I mean, Robert, Robert Battenson, (laughs) Robert Battenson. That's it. Um, (laughs) Batfleck and Battenson, uh, get rid of them and bring back the vulture as Batman. (laughs) And then when they cross over universes, uh, Peter Parker is going to have such a, uh, a difficult time working with Batman because he looks like Vulture. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh man, that's so good. That's a good, that's that's a good point. Like some of these people walk between worlds and if they do ever do some, some sort of DC Marvel uh, combination, like what if, what are they going to do with those actors who've played, played in both worlds? It's funny. <laughs> it's funny, funny. Uh, I think yeah. they did that a little bit with uh, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet, but they did a crisis on uh, the CW shows. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Brandon Ralph played Superman as well as playing, uh, you know, his character from Legends, uh, Palmer. Which, yep. That's yep. pretty fun. Um, he, uh, well, was Legends a part of that? I don't think Legends was a part of the crisis. Oh, they may not have been. I, I thought they were. They're, aren't they, they're always a part of the crossovers. Maybe not, though. I, I mean, know. they usually are, but I think that there was, I, I remember reading that there was uh, a show that was not part of it uh, for one reason or another. Okay. I don't know. And I, I think it was Legends. Uh, um, I'll have to go check it out. I still have not caught up. I, I'm too much of a stickler for watching all of a thing that I still have not caught up because I keep being like, well, I haven't watched season f- six of The Flash. I got to get that through so I can finish. <laughs> You're making it up. I know. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to catch up. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that's me next, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your, I guess this is, this would be your third one, right? Yeah, this is, this is. I I don't know. This is this is a kind of complicated one, but um they they often call the uh superheroes the sort of the westerns of today. Yeah, yeah. They like cuz westerns were really big. Westerns were for huge a while. for a long time and then they sort of dissipated. It's not like westerns don't exist anymore. But they're, they're made, just not as popular. They're not as popular, but they're also made very differently. They're made for a very different audience. And I, it makes me wonder if, as I was saying, like kids don't read comics anymore, at least in the same way, uh, in the same volume. And like it makes me wonder if in 20 years, and this is, I guess, an alternate universe of all the other stuff we're talking about, if in 20 years the MCU still exists because there's still people like us who love it and want to see it, but it's not being made in the same broad sense that it used to be. And it's being made for a more specific audience. And it's may- maybe they become a little smaller. Um, maybe they become a little more um, like Westerns have been They're They're, they're, they're now of movies for adults, you know, even in the nineties, right. Westerns still had this sort of flair of being like kind of kids movies. Like they'd still had a lot of like fun, but these days it's more like true grit and like stuff like that, where it's like really is like all about the internal life of these characters. And, um, they just, they just feel like they're made for adults now, almost exclusively. Yeah. Um, everyone's Tombstone, while you, Wyatt Earp. 
Yeah. Well, even those I feel like were made with sort of like a broader audience in mind. Uh, like, like, like you say in the nineties, um, like I was saying in the nineties, that's kind of those movies, um, that I grew up on. And I was like, yeah, still, I still like cowboys, but I didn't like them that much, you know? <laughs> yeah. My dad, but my dad loved them and would show me those yeah. movies. Uh, now I feel like there's these movies that like, you know, you know, you're not even worried about showing them to kids, you know, uh, uh, what's that oil movie? Uh, there will be blood. Yeah, yeah. There will be blood and true grit and things like that that are like these are not kids' movies. You know, these are made for adults. And I wonder if there's a possibility that in 20 years, some some portions of superhero movies have gone that way to an extreme degree. And maybe that some of that will be in the MCU. Um, the Logan is an example of that to some degree. I still think it has elements that are like flashy and action heavy and sort of Deadpool kid friendly. Yeah. Deadpool for sure. But again, Deadpool still teenagers freaking love Deadpool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's R rated, you know? Yeah. So it is. it's not supposed to be kid friendly, I guess, you know, yeah, by yeah, the, yeah. by the ratings. Um, and I mean, Deadpool three is, is going ahead as an R rated film under the Disney umbrella. Yeah. So like, uh, it's, it's, um, I, I think we're starting to get that direction already. I agree. You know, like you said, with Logan, it, it was a more cerebral take on Logan, even though there were still, um, there were still those, those fights of like, you know, Wolverine being a badass or whatever, but it was still and and that little and X twenty three being oh, yeah. and like, such a little badass and the fact yeah. that she's a kid like that's the kind of movie that movie actually now that I think about it reminds me a lot of Terminator like yeah it, if I were a kid when I was a kid watching that I imagine there were kids who watched that because even though they probably shouldn't have just like I shouldn't have watched T two when I was eight or whatever who were like <laughs> in they were putting themselves in the shoes of X twenty three you know they're like yep. Logan is not the star of that movie to them. It's like a, it's like a movie about a kid on a journey. And there's like this old man that's kind of helping her out, you know? Yeah. But he's also got to help out an older old man. Yeah. That movie is so good. It's so good. It's a kind of movie they just don't make anymore. And I freaking love it. And I I think we might get more things like that as the, uh, as the MCU develops and they might start, who knows if Disney, when Disney will sort of relent and allow things like that. I, I mean, like you said, Deadpool three is coming and I, they're not going to make that PG 13, right? They're just not going to do it. No, like there's, there's articles um, about that exact thing right now. Like if you go scroll Sweet. through, is that all in the, those articles, that's, like, that's in the it's news. going to be rated R that's in the news episode, right? Yep. <laughs> we, we haven't recorded yet. That is probably yep. already in our feed. So yep. Uh, yep. yeah. Uh, I'm excited to hear. I'm excited to hear the details of that in our news episode that is right before this one in the feed. <laughs> <laughs> Marker. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. We recorded like these it. two out of order because uh, of, of, of reasons, but we're just being a little meta, just like Deadpool. See, I tied hey. it all together. Yeah, you got it. Did I tell you about my Deadpool tie, by the way? Yeah, I've seen it. I know, but I just wanted to talk about it. I've been, wearing, I've been wearing my Deadpool tie. Oh, let's just say that cufflinks.com, everybody. Uh, yeah. we, 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 we're, they're a sponsor of the show now. Um, and you, you go, if you go to cufflinks.com, you can use the promo code MCU 15 and get uh 15% off. But like, it, it really is super rad. Uh, I've got this Deadpool tie that is, it's a black paisley tie 
but when you at the bottom of the tie the paisley is being lifted up <laughs> so like deadpool is breaking the fourth wall of the tie and i just freaking love that um <laughs> he's like peeking from behind the paisley um yep. so yep. so good uh yeah it's i wear so it like good. every week to my weddings now because it's a black <laughs> tie and no one notices that little deadpool's kind of peeking but i imagine that there's photos from all these weddings where um where Deadpool's peeking out. Deadpool's peeking out from under my coat. Have you started wearing your uh your Winter Soldier or Falcon and Winter Soldier cufflinks? I did wear my Falcon and Winter Soldier. So basically, guys, you need to go to cufflinks.com because like for real, this this was we we're not gonna do an ad for this today, but now I guess now we are. We were gonna do it in the news episode, but uh we'll do it, we'll do that too. Uh, or we did that too previously in the feed. Uh but yeah, the these uh this the, this is just called organic marketing. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you go to cufflinks.com, you, they have a whole page of Marvel stuff. They also have Star Trek, Star Wars, a bunch of other things. Uh, but for us, for our purposes, obviously Marvel's the thing. And if you use the code MCU15, uh, you get 15% off and they send us some money. So do it. Do that. You should do that. Do it. It really no. helps the show out a lot, actually. Um, and uh, if, if that goes well over the next couple months, we're going to probably become a permanent sponsor which gets you guys a, a discount all the time and gets us uh you know a, a new form of revenue so we can grow this thing grow this network more so anyway yeah that's that's a, that's the organic ad for the day um <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah that's that's my main thing that i was trying to say is that i think that these genres will shift uh yeah. as as this goes on to a more adult genres just because it's going to be you know and i think that's happened with other actually i think I think Star Wars is resisting that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And like, like Star Wars is kind of pushing back uh, and trying to to maintain their their movie verse the same way and not change. Yeah. And it really really is a problem in the most recent trilogy. I think so too. I think so too. I think if they'd had gone all in like I watched Mandalorian. I really enjoy Mandalorian. Um I yeah. still think that it it, it doesn't go as as adult as i want it to sometimes um but i feel like those movies that kind of a story set in the set in the star wars universe but it's not about the main skywalker family it's just like a story in the star wars universe is definitely the way they should have gone you know Uh, and the way they should go going forward um and i think they will i think this the skywalker you know, saga is over, um, supposedly and theoretically. Yeah. Theoretically. Uh, but I just, I just want, I want more of what the Mandalorian is doing. I'm really, I really like, I'm really enjoying this yeah. season of Mandalorian. Well, I mean, the Mandalorian breaks that, uh, it breaks that genre barrier. It goes into being a Western, right? Yeah. Kind of, uh, along the lines of Firefly. Yeah. And- yeah. Re- oh man. I, watching last week's episode where they're, um, having like these, these in atmosphere fight dog fight type situations with tie fighters. Yeah. It was so firefly. Like I didn't really realize, was. didn't realize how much that ship reminded me of the firefly class until he's like doing crazy, crazy Ivan, like, uh, you know, barrel rolls and stuff. It just, yep. I was like, yeah, okay. I think I'm in now. I'm in more than I have been previously. <laughs> That was also just a really good episode. Anyway, I'm excited about today's that dropped. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Um, so along with that, um, you often cite that Rogue One is your favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think it's probably the best Star Wars movie. And Rogue One is far, far from 
the the typical genre film that Star Wars is. Agreed. And I I really think that they broke some barriers with that. And if they could just continue going that route, then you know we we can continue having good Star Wars stuff. Um, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I really think that what you're what you're going for with your your uh, progression of the genre though is like combating superhero fatigue because yeah. you know all the news stories now are like is the superhero genre fatiguing everyone are we tired of superheroes is there superhero fatigue when is the superhero fatigue going to come up right and I, you, you're already seeing it a little bit in some people for sure and I, I think it helps that they're randomly taking two years off but um, kind of forced to yeah exactly you know I, th- I honestly think it will help the MCU's longevity to have two years off. And like, obviously there's a lot of negatives to this whole COVID thing. <laughs> uh, silver of, lining, right? Uh, but, but a silver lining for Marvel is like, they, they were making money hand over fist and they decided to take about a year off. And that was like, okay, we're taking a year off to let things reset after end game. Then they were forced to take two. <laughs> Like yep. that's, that's kind of a crazy thing. And I think like that two year gap might actually, I think the hype train for black widow while it's, I don't know. I don't know what, how I feel black widow will feel when it finally comes, but like the other movies that we just like haven't heard from Dr. Strange in years. And suddenly there's a Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness coming, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting. Well, that and like Dr. Strange is showing up in Spider-Man three. Like, yeah. That. Oh man. That so hype train. train. So exciting. Woo, woo, let's leave the station, baby. Woo. woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that the, the, the COVID, like the COVID problem has kind of forced us more into looking at uh, other ways of getting our content and, and forced Disney to look at other ways of delivering that content. And I think that that leads into my, my final one um, in that, we're likely going to see a lot more television, a lot more, especially Disney plus series. Um, yeah. A lot more of the, the high dollar television series. Cause like WandaVision coming up has what? Six episodes, six, eight, something like that. And like the Mandalorian has done so good being a high budget, you know, uh, it's a star Wars series, but it's a high budget star Wars series. And it really shows and, you know, we were, we were saying that Falcon Winter Soldier had, you know, a crap ton of money thrown at every episode and had like a, this gigantic budget. And like, we're going to we're going to see that that's going to be, you know, that's going to really increase the quality of the of the television. So I think that. Like in the future, we're probably going to have a lot more of the television series, especially with them. Um, you know, based on how it goes in the, in the near future. But like, yeah, I I think it could really be reflective of the way that comics work right now, or that comics have worked for a while is that, you know, you've got a series for each hero, right. Or each franchise. And those series are longer than your standard movie. So you get more time with those characters and you get more time to build those characters. And then say like the movies, are going to be the tent pole. Everybody comes together, um, you know, Avengers type thing, or the like the the giant size annuals, or right, the, the right. huge crossover event. You know, your your sieges, your infinity wars, your um, 
your AVX, your you know Civil War events. Like yeah, the movies are going to be more like the event comics, and the series are going to be more of the individual stories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think I think we're already seeing that a little bit with these uh, with these movies. It's it's hard to know because we haven't seen any of them yet. But I think with WandaVision <laughs> and Falcon and Winter Soldier, we're seeing them like laying the groundwork for these characters, and then they're going to do these big crossover movies. And it seems like all of the movies we have on the books right now are going to be crossovers in some form, you know? Absolutely. So I'm with you. I think more TV, more prestige television is going to be like the way that the MCU grows into the future. And I can only imagine, you know, the way they grew the movies where it was like one a year, two a year, three a year, four a year was supposed to be this next year. Um, And I can only imagine in, 20 years, how many series they could be putting out if these things, if they're able to maintain the kind of hype they have now, you know? Well, I mean, they keep pushing out that quality content and they're going to keep getting the hype. Yep. And we're going to keep driving that hype train because we're freaking excited about it. Yeah, man. All right, guys. Well, that was our episode on what will the universe look like in 20 years? That's. uh, Thank you, Elizabeth Hohen, for sending in that. uh, interesting thought. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Very we, difficult. You sent it in a couple months ago and we were like, how do we do it? <laughs> how do we do that episode? And like, uh, but actually sitting down and really thinking about it was a really fun thought process. Uh, yeah, this is like we dialed ourselves to 11 and it was tough. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. So again, if you want to support the show, uh, it's Christmas time. Check out cufflinks.com for real. Um, yeah, you got, you got presents to buy. You got presents to buy cufflinks.com MCU 15 and buy all your presents for your friends, uh, there and it'll support your favorite neighborhood podcast or as you, as elizabeth did and as she got her commissioned episode here you can also uh, support us on patreon patreon.com slash mcu cast uh that's a, a a lot of you've been joining and upping your pledges lately and it really is making it uh, uh us able to do a lot more content here so thank you thank you thank you um and uh check us out at strandapanda.com if you want any of the other things Peace. Or onlycarrots.com. Or onlycarrots.com. Yep. <laughs> we we now own onlycarrots.com. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Trivia Night, for that that wonderful idea. <laughs> <laughs>